praise God. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Today we're going to uh, talk about the heart. And the heart, as we all know, we have a, a physical heart that beats in our chest, which uh, obviously runs our physical bodies. But we're going to go much deeper than that today and looking at scripture, looking at some things that are said there by Jesus and really coming to a good understanding of what it's all about. And we're going to talk a little bit about obedience. Obedience is not the most uh, popular word these days, uh, but in 1 Samuel 15:22, the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. In other words, we can live sacrificially by tithing, giving to the poor, and so on. But the big question is, can you be told what to do? Can you allow yourself to be told what to do? You can ask yourself, am I teachable? Many people just don't like to be told what to do, not even by God. There are certain attitudes and spirits that you simply cannot teach. You cannot teach an arrogant spirit. You cannot teach a know-it-all spirit. You cannot teach a defensive spirit. You cannot teach a proud spirit. Yet a humble spirit cannot remain unteachable. A hum humble spirit cannot remain unteachable. There is such great importance in God's words. Each and every insight that God provides for you is important, okay? Each and every insight that God provides to you is important. The result of God's revelation to you will often be determined by your reply and how you respond. Okay, I'll repeat that. The result of God's revelation to you or what God shows you will often be determined by how you reply and how you respond. If you just think of it for a day or two, and then let it go, you will probably miss the full effect of what the Holy Spirit oil is that is on that word because that word is anointed. When God gives you a revelation, that revelation is anointed by Holy Spirit. And you can think of Holy Spirit as representative in the Bible by oil. And, and if you just think about it for just one day or so, you'll probably miss out on the full effect of what God is trying to, to tell you. But however, if you can get into the habit of writing down recording and then go back to it with prayer and with real heartfelt seeking you will keep on pressing that word and squeezing that word until you can extract the Holy Spirit oil that's in it so in other words when you get a revelation from God you get a word from God just don't think about it momentarily and then just pass it off but, but grab that word dwell on it if you have the ability to write it down someplace or to record it, we all have smartphones these days, put a, a quick message in your, note in your smartphone and then come back and pray over it and reflect on what that word to you was. And that will be like you taking that word and because you're dwelling on it, you're squeezing it. You're squeezing that revelation until you can get that precious oil that's out of it. Sometimes you're struggling and you need a breakthrough. We all have struggles from time to time. Sometimes you are struggling and need a breakthrough. God will send a word to you that contains bondage-breaking power. If you're struggling, God will send a word to you that, will, that can bring you or, or will contain bondage-breaking power. It may not be a word that has a long-term application, but it is set for the very moment. So sometimes you may get a revelation from God which does not have long-term meaning or long-term application, but it has to do with something that is at that particular moment. Words are for times and for seasons. We had several messages over times and seasons one time before. There have been times in my life, I know, and I remember that I would keep pondering a word or a revelation over and over. 
And each time that I pondered it and thought about it, I got more deeper understanding and meaning of what was meant by it and what the application was. That meaning or, and that word can become a mission statement for your supernatural journey. You've got to think of your life as being a supernatural journey. You've got to get past the thought that I am simply here on this planet Earth living in this physical realm and forget about the supernatural aspect of your journey in God. Your success in God, your really, really rising to the place that you want to be in God depends on you really believing and knowing how to move in the supernatural realm to go along with the supernatural journey. There are other words that are, are many times given to you that are very specific and may hold instruction for a particular assignment. Okay? So there could be a word now, there could be a word that would come to you which, is, which applies to this particular moment, this particular time that you're praying, and there could be another word or revelation that will come to you that is part of an instruction for a particular long-term assignment. All of these things must be prayed out and discerned. They must be prayed out and discerned. You've got to get more attuned and more accustomed, especially if you're looking for a breakthrough, for hearing from God and then understanding whether this word that I get from, that I get from God is, is applying to, to, to the next five minutes, the next ten minutes, the next half hour, where you may receive a phone call. Maybe something in the mail? Or is it a word, is it a revelation that is more relative to a long-term assignment? A strategy that God is laying out for you to do. But in either case, if you just receive this word from God, what I'm saying, and you just kind of pass it off, and you don't dwell on it, then you're not going to, to squeeze it and get the Holy Spirit oil that is upon that anointed word that is, that is given to you, okay? It's almost like you, um, like, like, like someone just giving you a, a peach, you know, or an orange, you know, and you receive it, and you look at it, and you smell it, and mm, it looks good, and you just put it on the table, and you walk away from it. As opposed to just grabbing that orange and really looking at it and touching it and squeezing it and then cutting into it and then savoring and squeezing it and eating the pulp that's in it and really, really enjoy it. So it is with the Word of God. But the thing about it, though, is you have to be sharp enough and teachable enough to learn and understand that God, God has given me a revelation and given me some insight. What does it mean? Is this insight, is this revelation merely for the next ten minutes? Or is it something that is part of a bigger strategy? He may be telling you to, stay, to take step one in a 30-step 30, 30 process. But the only way you'll know that is if you take the time to squeeze it and dwell on it. Get in the habit. I keep a recorder. My smartphone is next to my headboard. And I get thoughts and things during the middle of the night. And I will, well, well, if I think I'm going to disturb Tanya too much by doing a whole lot of writing, I'll get up and go into the bathroom there and just talk quietly into the phone and record a message. Write it down on my, my, my tablet. Put it down so that the next day it will, it will be there. Because many times you go back to sleep and you may not remember it. You may not remember it, okay? Now, does God have the ability to remind you? Oh, yeah, sure he does. But God does not necessarily always remind you. Because God wants to see many times how faithful, how, how um, assertive are you going to be in wanting to follow this particular word, okay? Instead of just lying back, okay, God, I'm going to rely on you to remind me in the morning, okay? Maybe God wants to see how attentive that you're going to be. So get in the habit of writing things down, jotting things down, because the word that you may get 3 o'clock in the morning may be very much applicable to what lies ahead in the day. It could be something in the next 10 minutes. 
Could be something. Go downstairs and check your front door. There's a guy in there that's eating your cake. <laughs> okay? And maybe you need to hear that voice and get up. And maybe your alarm didn't go off, all right? You know, or is it something to deal with Monday morning or for the rest of the week? Okay, so get in the habit. Because we are living in a different time, saints. We're living in a different time. As there is so much evil flowing and moving in the world, God is flowing and moving in the world even more because he's in charge, okay? So those things that you're looking for, okay, expect not always to find them in the usual places. Enter into God's supernatural realm and let him speak to you in those wee night hours. Let him speak to you and follow what that word may be, okay? In order to fully understand this today and this whole concept of... Um, Getting deeper into the deeper things of God. We're going to speak about the heart, as I said when I opened up here. The heart you feel beating in your chest is vital to health in your physical body, but the spiritual heart, as the body refers to, as the Bible refers to of man, um, as discussed in Scripture, is dealing with the spirit of man, or the true you. The true you. And its condition is vital to your spiritual health. Right? The condition of your spiritual heart, the true you, is, is vital to your spiritual health. So let's go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Praise the living God. We, we need to, we, we to kind of get in the habit of moving away from... If I see things happening in my life, oh, that's just a coincidence, that just happened to happen... Or, um, gee whiz, uh, I, I got this really bad feeling, you know, when you're in bed, I got this real bad feeling, I can't get comfortable in it. You know, stop and think that it may not be something that you ate. <laughs> Amen. Okay, that maybe the Lord is trying to get your attention and wants you to, to dwell on something that he's telling you. Okay? Alright? Again, the revelations, the words that you get from God, they can be for a, a, a brief thing that's happening in the next five, ten minutes or so, or it could be something that is to be laid out as part of a, a spiritual strategy for you, something that you need to do. But first we're going to look at the heart. So Matthew, Matthew 13, and starting with verse number 1. Okay. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up, and choked them. But others, others fell to the ground, fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, and some sixtyfold, some thirty. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Please underline that. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you, underline given unto you, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Underline, but to them it is not given. For whosoever has, underline has, for whosoever has, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance but whosoever have not, underline have not, or has not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. 
Therefore I speak unto them in parables, because they seeing not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, or Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross. Please underline, heart is waxed, is waxed gross. And their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed. Unless at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, underline, but blessed are your eyes, for they see and your ears they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear these things which you hear, and have not heard them. Okay? So hold on to that. Now, you're, you're well familiar with the, with the uh, parable of the sower, so we're not really going to get into the sower. We're going to get into a deeper unpacking of that. So put a bookmark here, and we're going to go to Isaiah, because he mentioned Isaiah. Go to the book of Isaiah 6. Jesus mentioned Isaiah here. Isaiah 6. In verse number 8, Isaiah 6, I'll wait a few minutes, make sure that we're all there, praise God. We're going to unpack this, but I really, really want you to see the deeper part of the scripture here that goes even more beyond the, uh, the, the, the parable of the sower, which everyone, everyone knows about. Okay, Isaiah 6, verse number 8. Isaiah 6, verse number 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Go for us. Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear you indeed, but understand, Hear you indeed, but understand not, And see you indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, And make their eyes heavy, And shut their, their eyes, Unless they see with their eyes, And hear with their ears, And understand with their heart, And convert and be healed. Okay? All right, so we're just going to pause there. As you can see, the, the prophecy that Jesus was talking about was taking place then. The point I'm making is that Jesus was talking to these people in Jesus' day. Isaiah was well before Jesus, but the people had the same problem. Having eyes, they didn't see. Having ears, they did not hear. Therefore, they didn't understand. So that was happening back in Isaiah's day. It was happening in Jesus' day. And it is still happening today. So this was fulfilled in the time of Isaiah. In the time of Christ, the people had the same character or condition. And like those in Isaiah's day, they closed their eyes upon the truth and rejected the divine teaching. The words of Isaiah were therefore as well fitted to express the character of the people in the time of Christ as in that day of the prophet. In this sense, the prophecy Isaiah was fulfilled. It is not by any means intend, intended, intended that Isaiah, when he spoke these words, had any reference to the time of Christ. Okay? The meaning in both places is that the people were so gross, sensual, and prejudiced that they would not see the truth or understand anything that was contrary to their groveling opinions and worldly desires. They were unteachable. They were unteachable, a case that is by no means uncommon in the world today. But today, as I said before, I want to unpack what is really being said there and understand the cause of this condition and understand what this means to our lives in the world today. So now let's go back to Matthew. 
Okay, go back to Matthew and we're going to reread verse 9 through 15. Okay? Go back to Matthew 13 and we're going to reread 9 through 15. Okay? So, who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said to him, Why speakest thou in parables to them? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given to you to know uh, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not. For whosoever has, to him shall be given. The has there, underline it, the has is talking about, whosoever has is talking about spiritual knowledge. He who has spiritual knowledge, to him it shall be given. And him who has, and, and he shall have more abundance. But whoever has not spiritual knowledge, from him shall be taken away even that which he has. So this is saying to you that what Jesus is saying is that for that person that has deep spiritual knowledge and understanding, much will be given to him because you have the spiritual knowledge to understand. To him that does not have spiritual knowledge, much will be taken away because they will be losing out because of the fact they do not have that deep understanding. So therefore cannot understand the deeper things of God. All right? So that means then the first thing we have to think about is, is Lord, do I have spiritual knowledge? Am I desiring deep spiritual knowledge? Am I understanding that understanding the word of God and understanding what the purpose that God has um, for me in my life what is the deep spiritual understanding of that? How do I go about understanding what God has, is going to say to me? Is God going to be speaking into me in quote-unquote parables that I would understand? Because I'm, ha I'm having and seeking this deep spiritual knowledge, so therefore I will gain more. So the more spiritual knowledge you have, the more you can gain. If you don't have that spiritual knowledge, then you won't gain. So therefore, what you do have can be taken away. All right. People that don't have spiritual knowledge have no concept about, about sowing and reaping. Okay? So when things start going wrong in their lives, they're wondering why they don't understand why, why money or whatever is going through their hands. Because they don't understand the deeper concepts of spiritual knowledge about, about sowing and reaping. So therefore, because they don't know, they don't know how to correct it. What did Jesus say? Unless they start knowing and I can heal them, spiritually heal them, okay, as well as, as, well as physically. Because they don't know, they don't know what to do to, to make their lives better. So therefore, they lose, they lose, they lose. If you got that spiritual knowledge and you see things going on in your right in your life you have now but you will be you will have abundantly more because having spiritual knowledge you will know how to to correct or to do what God is calling you to do so without the spiritual knowledge you're lost Without spiritual knowledge, whatever you do have, you may wind up having less because you don't know how to attack it. You don't know how, you don't know how to deal with it, okay? So that's the, that's the first dynamite thing that he's saying there. And he goes on to say, Whosoever has, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever has not, from him shall be taken away even that which he has. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they seeing, they don't see. They seeing, they see not, because they don't have the spiritual knowledge. And hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. So without the spiritual knowledge, they're not seeing, they're not understanding what Jesus is saying to them. Okay? God can be speaking to you in, 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 in so many ways, and because of the fact that your spiritual knowledge level is so low, you're not understanding what God is telling you to say. So how do you increase your spiritual level? How do you increase your spiritual knowledge? Increasing your spiritual knowledge obviously comes from, number one, from reading the Word of God, from being in church, and from praying. 
seeking the face of the Holy Spirit and to increase your spiritual knowledge. All right? And then it says in verse 14, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, or Isaiah, which says, by hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed or grown, for this people's heart is waxed or grown gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, unless at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand, and should be converted, and I should heal them. The healing them is physically and spiritually. The deepest part here is what is the reason for them not having the spiritual knowledge? What is the reason for their eyes being closed? What is the reason for their ears being stopped up? It's because their heart is waxed gross. Underline that. That's the reason. This whole parable here of the sower, it all hinges on the fact that their hearts are grown gross. Their hearts are waxed gross. Okay? Waxed gross, this denotes one who is dull, one who is stupid, one and, and foolish in their heart or spirit. Here it means that the people had grown spiritually corrupt and that they did not see or understand the pure spirit, spiritual principles of the gospel. So if your eyes are going to be closed and your ears are going to be closed, you're not going to, to, to understand. It's because you have permitted your heart to grow gross. You have permitted your heart and your spirit to all of a sudden become hardened to the deeper things of God. So therefore your eyes become closed. Your eyes become closed. You, you simply cannot understand. So it's the condition of our hearts. It's the condition of the spirits. Okay? Unless they should see, unless they should have their condition corrected as sinners and turn to live. The reason given here why they did not hear and understand is again is that their heart was wrong. They would not attend to the things that belong to their spiritual well-being. They just would not, they would refuse to do so. You cannot expect to hear from God. You cannot expect to understand the deeper things of God if your heart, if your spirit is not right with God. If you're not doing those things that God would want you to be doing, it's just impossible for it to be so. Jesus said so. That's why they didn't understand that simple parable. It went over their heads. When you're speaking to someone, and we've all have had that happen, you're talking to a relative, a friend, or someone, a co-worker, whatever, about the deeper things of God, and they're looking at you, and you can see in their faces, it's like this thing comes over them, you know, where they either just tuned you out, or they don't understand what you're saying, okay? And, 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 and it's many times, it's because of a heart condition. They do not want to know the deeper things of God, okay? And for we as Christians, you know, don't think just because you're a child of God that you all of a sudden that your heart is going to remain um, um, pliable and soft. You know, in Exodus there, it talked about Pharaoh's heart was hardened, okay? Your heart can become hardened even though you're a Christian. And it becomes hardened because you're not doing what God is wanting you to do. Once your heart becomes hardened like that and it goes gross, and it says there, because the ears, and for this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. You see? You see? So you can do this on your own. Simply because of the fact that your heart is indeed getting, getting hardened. These scriptures are showing that the heart can grow hard and dull. The dull or hardened heart causes us to become blind and deaf to the truths of God. The ears that once heard the voice of God, um, the voice of the Holy Spirit, grow deaf and the spiritual eyes close, not being able to recognize the things of God. You start out watching a movie, and I noticed this on, on TV. Primetime channels... During prime time, gradually but slowly, slowly, they're putting things in that we as Christians would not stand for. The homosexuality thing, the nudity, 
watching this show at 8 o'clock in the evening. A guy gets up out of the tub and back, back view of him, <laughs> the back view of him just right in front of your screen. You know, and if you've got any kind of a TV screen bigger than that, I mean, that's hard. Ay, gee, change the channel. Okay? All right, I got to go wash my eyes. Okay? This is regular TV. This is not a cable channel, not a premium channel. Regular TV. Slowly but surely, slowly but surely. You'll see stories with, that's got a good storyline. I love a good mystery. Good storyline. Then all of a sudden, boom, comes the brr, comes the cuss word. Okay? First there's the, the quote-unquote, the mild, you know, and then it progresses on and on and on until you get the major ones, okay, bigger and bigger and bigger. You see, you see but, but that's the way it works, you see? And, and that's how, if, 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 oh, well, that was okay, a little bit more. That was okay. In the meantime, the heart, your spiritual heart, that at one time was soft and pliable and was sensitive to what Holy Spirit is telling you. You don't want to see that. You don't want to do that. You don't want to participate in that. All of a sudden, it becomes hardened and calloused. Why? Because you're accepting more and more and more and in. Okay? I remember a guy that I knew that was in the martial arts, and he was telling me when they first started out practicing, they would pound a bowl of rice. A bowl of uncooked rice with their knuckles. And the purpose there was to build up calluses, to build up calluses. So the first time he started, it was very painful. Okay, but gradually, 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 those knuckles become hardened. Well, if you permit that stuff to come into your life, then your heart becomes hardened too. Because you start saying, oh, that's okay. God doesn't mind me doing that. God doesn't mind me permitting that. God doesn't mind me letting that into my ear gate, my eye gate, and so forth like that. So then slowly but surely, your heart becomes hardened. And then all of a sudden, Holy Spirit's trying to talk to you, and you can't see or understand. The parable says they can't see or understand. Why can't they see or understand? Because their hearts have become hardened. So your heart becomes hardened. You don't hear what God is saying to you. Or you may hear, but you don't understand the significance of what God is trying to tell you. Amen? So the, the key here to this whole scripture of the parable, why they didn't understand, the parable in itself is very, very deep about the word of God and how it gets in and stays and so on. But, but the reason that they didn't understand it is a whole different thing here about the hardened heart. Therefore, deep spiritual understanding is lost. And verse 12 then states what happens to your life. It says uh, in verse 5, For whoever has, verse 12, whoever has, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whoever has not, to him shall be taken away, even that which he has. So you start wondering, why in my life, why am I not prospering? Why are things not materializing in my life? Why is it that I've been praying for this, I've got this breakthrough, Lord, I need a breakthrough, but maybe the reason that maybe God may be telling you what to do for your breakthrough, God may be giving you hints. Some things may be blatant. They may, may be right in front of your face. They may be, God may be telling you what you need to do, what you need to, need to change, what you need to happen, what you need to not do, what you need to do. But because of the fact that your heart is getting hardened because of the things that you've allowed of the world to enter into your heart, you're not hearing and understanding what God is saying. Okay? Okay? God will put a million things before you that will prevent you from doing what God is wanting you to do. All right? We are creatures of habit. We are such terrible creatures of habit. We've done things a certain way for all of our lives. So now all of a sudden, God is, even, even with today's message, you may be hearing this message, and, and, and how is it sitting in your head? I mean, how is it sitting in your head? Are, are, are you saying to yourself, well, Jesus, my, my heart is okay, my spirit is okay, so why do I need to listen to, to understand? Why do I need this deep spiritual knowledge? You know? Well, then... When, 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 when I was starting out in, in, in ministry and 
new concepts. We had such, a, such an anointed pastor and everything, and new concepts and thoughts would, would hit my spirit inside. And I would say, well, wait a minute now. I've always understood, I've always thought, I've always believed. Why am I hearing? Because what I was hearing resonated deep in my spirit. I didn't understand what is the connection here. This doesn't, doesn't quite sync with what... So I would go to the Lord. I would say, God, how does this fit in? This is what I heard today. Am I missing something? Am, am I not understanding what you're meaning by this? Show me. Show me what you mean. And then through that, if you're he who has spiritual knowledge, he who has will have more in abundance, okay, spiritual knowledge. Deep spiritual knowledge, the deepest part of spiritual knowledge or attaining more spiritual knowledge is understanding that you don't have all of the spiritual knowledge. The thing of deep spiritual knowledge is understanding that there is a, an awesome supernatural God here that has the ability, supernatural knowledge, that has the ability to, to connect with your spirit. God has the ability to connect with your spirit. Deep supernatural knowledge. Knowing that there is a supernatural state in which you exist. Believing that and understanding it. Okay? Believing that... When you're, when you're standing in, your, in, in your, your closet getting dressed or whatever, that Jesus may be walking that door to tell you something, just understanding that that's very possible, that Holy Spirit is there ministering to you while you're in the shower, the time when you least think about it, knowing that God is all around you. We can understand that our cell phone waves are all about, that our TV channels that we get, the satellite, the microwave signals, we can understand intellectually and scientifically that they're all around us, but we have a hard time believing and understanding that God is around you. Okay? The mere concept that during, during the prayer line today, that Holy Spirit is here. Now, some of us are more sensitive to his feeling, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, some of us are more sensitive to feeling his presence. But if you really want to feel Holy Spirit's presence, he will reveal that to you also. And this is a part of that deeper spiritual knowledge. That if you have more deeper spiritual knowledge, that you will have more. What you have will increase. Having less spiritual knowledge and little spiritual knowledge, what you have may wind up being taken away from you because you, 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 you're not astute, you're not aware enough to really understand what's happening in your life. Therefore, when things start slipping through your fingers, you know, you, like you, you, you just can't keep money, or there's always stuff going on, there's always something, that, that there's something there, spiritual knowledge tells me, okay, Lord, what's happening here? We need to connect. What am I missing? Okay? Knowing that... If I start seeing things happening in a pattern in my life, especially when there is a recurring pattern, every Friday, every second Tuesday, you know, some things are just repeating on a, on a pattern, and these are usually things that are not good. First thing I do is I run to the Lord. Okay, Lord, is there something that's happening here? Because every single Tuesday, every single this, every single that, okay? Conversely, on the good side, Brother Brandon was mentioning in his sermon that at 3.30 or 3.33, something like that, he, he wakes up, not, not in a state of shock, just, just you laying there, all of a sudden your eyes open, and every night it's the same time. You need to stop and say to yourself, okay, Lord, are you trying to talk to me? This is deep spiritual knowledge. Without that spiritual knowledge there, what does it say? He, they, those that have will have more, but without those that don't have it, what they do have will be taken away.
Okay? So with that spiritual knowledge and having that spiritual knowledge and understanding that I've got to guard my heart to make sure that the condition of my heart stays soft and pliable because without those things my eyes become dull, my ears become dull, I cannot see and I cannot hear. And what's the reason? It's because of your heart. Okay? So how is it? How do we prevent this from happening? In our day-to-day lives, we rarely take time to think about what is the condition of my spiritual heart. If you're out there and about and you get pains in your chest and everything like that, you start thinking about your physical heart. <laughs> okay, but what about your spiritual heart? Okay, you may not get any kind of warning signs like that, other than the fact that all of a sudden your life is not what, not, not what, what you want it to be. Or the things in your life you're really, really struggling for and you don't see things that are, that are, are, are materializing yet. Okay? Okay? Now, this is, not, this is not saying that every single time something goes wrong in your life that there's a condition with your heart, your spiritual heart. Not to say that all of a sudden your heart has become hardened, but that is one of the first places that you do check. Lord, am I missing anything? All right? Is there something that you've been telling me that I'm overlooking? All right? But guess what? The only way you're going to know that is if you're talking to him. And one of the things that is so challenging for us today, especially, is because we are on such a fast pace. You know, and it seems like time is even speeding up. The days are going quicker and quicker. I mean, here, here it is the beginning of March already. It seems like we just came out of Christmas. We were just opening gifts under the Christmas tree. Time is going by. Amen? So we need to, we need to always be sensitive to the fact that, that, that if I'm not hearing something or if I'm not seeing something and I'm not understanding something, then what is the condition of my heart? So what do I need to do? Well, first thing we need to do and to remember is don't give our hearts to the world. Don't give our hearts to the world. The world's system is not the Lord's kingdom. The greed, materialism, the lust, the drugs, the alcohol, the, the dealing with all sorts of things with the pride and selfish living will diminish your heart's allegiance to Christ. Keep your heart sharp and owned by Christ. Give it to nothing or to no one else. Don't be, don't be distracted. All of us want to, to, uh, uh, to make more money. I mean, there's no, nothing wrong with desiring money, but it's just that when that desire of money uh, 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 replaces the desire for God. Okay? We need to, to be committed to seeking Christ daily. How do we keep our hearts pliable? We need to be committed to seeking Christ daily. Too many Christians are not disciples. Many times we don't become disciples. Simply go to church a couple of times a month and think that it's all right, that it's okay. Well, that's a deception. Brother Brandon preached on that also, where the Word of God says, Forsake not the gathering together of yourselves. Go to Matthew 11 here. Okay, Matthew 11. Well, that should be hard to find, right? (laughs) I love it, one page away. Praise God. Matthew 11. Verse 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Right? It says right there, come unto me, all you that are, that are labor and are heavy burden. 
you heavy burdened about something, something going on in your life, the first thing Jesus says is to come unto him, you know. And I love the, the, the metaphor that he used there, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Well, a yoke, you know, we've all seen pictures of oxen and whatnot, how they're yoked together. Okay, one can't go one way without the other because they're tied and they're yoked together. So Jesus saying is saying, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. So how many of us really are disciples in our hearts and are, and are yoked to Jesus in that we want to learn from him? You want to keep your heart pliable so that it doesn't become hardened and, and grow, grow gross, as the scripture that says there. Take Jesus' yoke upon you. And then in verse number 30, he closes that by saying, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in other words, you know, when, when we are yoked to the world and we're carrying these burdens around, that's exactly what it is. It's a burden. And if you've got something going on in your life, be it a financial status, be it a, a bill, um, be it a job that you're trying for, be it, be it a move, be it, be it someone else, I mean, whatever it is that you're worried about, a loved one that you're concerned about, if you're yoked to the downside of that, you're yoked to the downside of that, and that's a burden. Because it's like you dragging this thing along. You're dragging it. Every time I preach on this, I think about that wonderful Christian book, uh, Pilgrim's Progress, you know, where it shows the guy in there dragging this knapsack and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, that's like it is when, when we're worried about things not happening in our lives. We're worried about our futures. It's like you dragging it. So therefore, in essence, you're yoked to that. You're yoked to that, okay? The bigger it gets, the more burdensome it does. You're climbing up a hill with it, and if the, if, the, if the knapsack falls backwards, you're pulled by the knapsack because you're tied to it. But Jesus said to, to get yoked to him because his yoke is easy. His burden is light. So if I'm yoked to, to Jesus, I'm yoked to Jesus, then the things in life that I'm concerned about are going to be, become so easy because guess what? He's the lead. He's the lead. He's the one that will be doing the carrying. So we just think about that old poem, Footprints, you know, where the person was being carried and saw the two, two sets of prints and all of a sudden one set and the guy says, where were you, Jesus? And he said, you only see one set of prints because I was carrying you. Amen. So get yourself yoked to Jesus because Jesus' yoke there is easy and his burden is light. If you're, you know, the wonderful thing is that if you, and, and it's so hard, it's not easy for us to do. Because sometimes I have to make a mental effort and just do it myself and say it also. But when you've got something in your life that's really troublesome, for you to actually say, Lord, I am not going to carry this burden anymore. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. And stop thinking about it. It takes practice. It takes practice. I'm not going to stand up here and lie to you and just say all you got to do is say it. But what you got to do is you got to say it and you got to believe it. You got to believe it. This is where understanding about the spiritual, the supernatural spiritual realm that we, we interact with really exists. So it's like you taking this spiritual burden off of your back and you're giving it to the Lord and then envisioning the Lord just taking that burden away from you. This is how we keep our hearts soft and pliable. By being linked to God. A disciple is one who accepts and ex assists in spreading the doctrines of someone else. A follower. We're supposed to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We, 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 we spread the word as the Holy Spirit so leads. 
So you need to be a follower. We need to be a follower, a learner, and a true disciple, disciple of Jesus every day, seeking his will and his ways through his word and through the Holy Spirit. We need to praise and worship God. This is so important. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. Praise the living God. Hebrews 13, 15. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Underline, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, underline continually. Continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Giving praise to his name. Okay? By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit. The fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Alright? With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Here we see that praising God is a sacrifice to God and to one that and, and one that is pleasing to Him. The fruit of our lips is the evidence of our salvation, and that evidence is that we acknowledge His name not only in praise and worship, but to those who do not yet know Him. There's no there's no uh, habit to praise and worship service. It's what we need to do when you're starting a service: praise and worship. Praise and worship is a sacrifice to God and one that is pleasing, pleasing to him, the fruit of our lips. You know, there's a time that you need to learn to praise God out loud. And that is even in your home. You don't have to be in church to praise God. You can walk through your house praising God. You can be doing the dishes praising God. You can be out washing your car, doing the lawn, whatever you're doing, praising God with the fruit of your lips. The funny thing is, it's so hard, you know, we can jump up and scream and, and, and talk out loud and sing out loud at a football game or a soccer game and so on like that, and we're not shy about rooting for our team. But how about praising God with your lips? You see? And, and again, this is a part of that, of that spiritual knowledge that I'm talking about here, that many times it's hard for us human beings to get past because it's like we are so self-conscious about, about outwardly and openly praising God. You know? Don't worry about who's next to you, or who's behind you, or who's in front of you. You pray. This is between you and God. At that point in time, you should be saying, to heck with anybody that's around me. I want to increase my spiritual knowledge. I want to connect with God. And Lord, I just love you for making all of this stuff available to me. Did you ever stop to think how awesome God is for even giving us this word? That we're able to stand up here and talk about it and listen to it today? You see, so sacrifice for giving sacrificial praise is important. This is a continual offering that should be done on a daily basis and offered up to God whenever we're able. Praise and worship is a sweet and pleasing aroma to him. Giving him praise and worship is actually better than any of the sacrifices of the old covenant. Praise and worship keeps your heart soft and moldable to the things of God. You know, never stop and think about it again. I keep, keep going back to Brother Brandon's sermon, you know, but, but even he mentioned that if you don't know how to praise God, what are you going to do for an eternity? In heaven. You know? Practicing the praise from God starts, praise God starts right here while you're here. 
Okay? Now what are you going to do when there's millions of people or whatever there are, number of people in heaven and everybody's praising God, what are you going to do? Put your hands down and look around and see who's looking at you? <laughs> You're going to turn around and see who's, you know? In the meantime, I guarantee you, no one else is going to be paying attention to you, but they'll be praising, you know? I don't know if many of you heard it, but in the last part of that song there, All I Want, our, um, that was from a live uh, um, um, service there, and you could hear the people in the background praising God. One of the most wonderful things is, I remember our church back in New York, there had 600 people there, everybody praising God and speaking in tongues, and it sounded like a, 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 a melodious choir of angels almost, where no one's worried about who's next to them. This is between you and God. People, people lose that shyness or want to hold back in praising God because what do I sound like to somebody else? Well, the important thing is what do I sound like to God? Amen? Amen? This is the way that you keep your heart moldable and pliable so that it doesn't grow gross and become come hard. Serving others. Keeping our hearts soft. Serving others. We live in a world where being served is more valued than serving. But the kingdom of God values servanthood as the greatest. Look beyond your own life and let Jesus use you. Be generous with your finances, possessions, and time. And your heart will stay soft. Your eyes will see needs of others. And your ears will hear the direction of Holy Spirit. How do you feel about others? Okay. How do we relate to others? The funny thing is that God knows our hearts. And if we can't show feelings to others that are around us, if we can't communicate with others, if we can't relate to others, God sees that in your heart. Especially where we're all Christians. God looks at that. And if you can't be generous enough with your time or, 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 or a word, you'd be surprised what you may say to someone may edify that individual. You'd be surprised what you say to someone, even though deep down inside you may think there's not a need or I've got something else to do. By you saying that to something, not only are you edifying that person, but do you know what's happening with your spirit? Do you know how God is viewing you? Do you know how God views when we are too cold or too preoccupied to, to, to relate to other people? When we have hurts and things going on in our lives, boy, oh boy, how would we feel if people were ignoring us and not communicating with us, not edifying us? So when there's others that are hurting, when there are others that are, are struggling with things, then we need to communicate. This is what the Word of God says. We need to be generous with our finance, our possessions, and our time, and your heart will stay soft. You know? You build up this blockage inside where you don't want to be bothered with others or you can't spend a few minutes, you can't give your heart to somebody else. God sees that and is building up a blockade within yourself that could be, could be preventing you from moving forward because God looks at your heart. You see? You see? You see? So we, we, need, we need to think about these things. The other area is tithes and offerings, and I've talked about this from time to time, only when Holy Spirit um, brings it upon my heart, but this is one of the easiest ways to letting your heart become dull and hardened. It's because not tithing is really saying that you are living in two critical areas. Doubt and unbelief. That's what that means. That means that you're not trusting God enough to supply your needs. God doesn't need your money. 
Obviously, the physical churches do. I mean, you know, their expenses and things like that. But the main thing is relative to God. It, it shows that there's doubt and unbelief. You can't expect to have a soft heart if you're doubting God. And you know Malachi 3. I won't turn there right now. But what does it say? God says to try me. Prove me. Test me. If you just trust me and do what I'm commanding you to do. This isn't, this isn't an option here. But God says, would you rob me? He says, try me, test me, and to see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you. This is what the Word of God says, you see. I know the first time many, many years ago, my wife and I stepped out, man, and yeah, we were like anybody else. Had hard times, you know, one and a half nickels to rub together. Wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. But we decided we're going to trust God. And before the light bill was due, the rent or anything else was due, whatnot, we took off that tithe and we just took it off the top and we, boom, and we paid it. And God started blessing. But you just got you to trust Him to do that. Just like you got to trust God for everything else that the Word of God says. Amen? But these are one of the things that can harden your heart. Don't tolerate little sins. There's no such things as venial sins and mortal sins. Sin is sin to God. Sin and compromise always seems to grow as the enemy of your soul wants you to be deceived that little sins matter a little. The devil would have you think that little sins matter a little. Well, that's a lie. There's no such thing as venial and mortal sins. Sin is sin to God. You can't just be saying, well, I'll get by and I'll do this little thing here. You know, God, this is okay with God. It's okay. You see, and, 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 and that's the lie. Because while you, you're, you're letting your life, everything that I've mentioned here so far, everything that I've mentioned here, if you let your life get into these things and, and, and not watching that you're doing what God wants you to do, little by little your heart becomes hardened. And then when God is talking to you, you don't understand what he's trying to tell you. You don't understand it. All of a sudden your eyes can't hear. Your, ears, your eyes can't see. It's pretty good. Your eyes can't, you know, your eyes can't see. Your ears can't hear. You know? So therefore, how does that work? All of a sudden now you become dull of hearing and your vision is gone. Then all of a sudden, Holy Spirit is putting these signs in front of you. Things you should do. Who you should call. What you should write. What you should say. And you don't hear them. You see? Oh, well, Lord, well, I did this and I did that, I did that, I did that. And, he, and, and God is standing there shouting at you, Hello, hello, I'm trying to tell you, I'm here, I'm here. Here I am, here, this is what you need to do. And you can't even see him. Because your heart has been hardened. That's what the scripture says. That's what Jesus told them. This is why those people don't understand my parables. Because their hearts are hardened. Okay? We can't tolerate little sins. John, uh, 1 John 1, 9, you know the scripture that says, If we confess our sins... God is faithful to forgive. And don't think that we're all living such holy lives that we don't trip and stumble, okay? But the minute you realize it, that you need to run to the Lord and, 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 uh, and confess and ask His forgiveness. All right? The other one is, uh, we're getting down to, down to the end of the wire here. Make Jesus' choices daily. Too many people receive Jesus with joy, but cannot hold up to the opposition and the pushback of the world. Following Jesus has a cost. Okay, and some are not simply not willing to give it. Okay, and what are some of the costs? And I'm not talking about monetary-wise, I'm talking about the cost of you making a decision to do what God is really calling you to do. And that cost is sometimes putting us outside of our comfort zone. 
We become so used to doing things our own way, it's all of a sudden doing something differently is, is really foreign to us. And it, oh boy, I, I don't know if I can give up that. I don't know if I can give up that. I don't know if I can do that. You see? But that's the whole thing of attaining spiritual knowledge. Again, I can't overemphasize enough. I keep feeling like I need to come back. You are in, we, we have two feet. One foot is in the physical realm in which we walk every day. The other foot is in the spiritual realm. Okay? You can deny it. You can try not to understand it. You can try to disbelieve it. But it doesn't change the fact that it's a fact. It's the truth. You live in a spiritual existence also. And especially if you are a born-again Christian, a born-again believer of God, you've got a connection with God which is there to help you overcome anything and everything that's happening in your life. Every breakthrough that you need, every desire, every dream, Holy Spirit is there. But you have to be able to hear Him and understand what He's, saying to, what he's trying to say. We need to choose to worship. We need to choose church to be involved. We need to choose to pray. Choose to fast. Choose to give. Choose to love. Choose to kneel. Choose to raising your hands. Choose to surrender. That's the biggest thing about us Christians is surrendering to God. I mean totally surrendering. That is to, to, to die to self. Die to self. Stop saying my way. Okay? Yeah, but God, your way is kind of uncomfortable. Well, guess what? If you just trust in me, it's not going to be uncomfortable. The God, are you saying, I need to give up, I need to give up? Yeah, you need to give up, but guess what I'm going to replace it with? Okay? I have some very close friends, and we all have had very close friends, especially going back to my teen years, young adulthood, where I thought we were bosom buddies for life. You know? And as I became to understand the truth and know God and giving myself to the Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord Jesus Christ, God replaced those people. God knows where I'd be if I had stayed with them. Over the years I've heard where a couple of them are and I'm glad I'm not with them. <laughs> Amen. 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 See, he says, so God has a way of replacing. What God takes out of your life, what permits to come out of your life is because God is going to replace it with something better. If God allows something, you know, if you just stop and think about the logic behind it even. I mean, God being who he is, if he loves you so much and cares for you so much, why is he going to let something go out of your life and leave you hurting? It doesn't make sense. To me, it just doesn't compute. If God loves you so much, which he does, why would he allow something to go out of your life or something that is bad for you, take it out of your life, and then not replace it with something that is more enjoyable? What kind of God would that be, you see? But if you don't understand that, again, that's that deep spiritual knowledge, you see? So that's why when things happen in our lives and some people look at us and say, how come you're not affected by that? How come you don't feel that you don't feel that? It's because let me tell you what this true story is and why I don't. Okay? All right? My heart will not be hardened. We need to choose righteousness. We need to choose to, choose to read and study God's word. We need to choose Jesus. One of the saddest things that I've encountered as a spiritual leader is watching people slowly drift away from their love for Jesus. And soon they're compromising, absent from the body of Christ, but present with self and worldly pursuits and desires. It bothers me, so prevent your heart from growing dull. Walk with Jesus and keep loving and growing in his love. Amen? Amen? If you want to understand... The deeper things of God. And if you want to understand why God is acting and moving in your life the way he is, 
Remember that it all has to do with spiritual knowledge, you having the spiritual knowledge, and how, uh, what kind of condition your heart is in. Is it soft? Is it pliable? Is it moldable? Okay? We need to think of ourselves as, as uh, God is, is a potter. You know, we are but a lump of clay. And he's molding us and he's shaping us, you know. You know, I don't know if any of you ever done anything with clay, but way back in the beginning of time in school, <laughs> you know, I, I had a pottery class, and, and I remember the first thing that we were taught to do is you take that lump of, lump of clay and you have a wire on a, uh, an angular piece of wood and you slice that clay, put it together, and you slice, and you keep slicing and, 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 and putting it together and slicing it. And when you slice, you look inside and you see little imperfections that are in there. You pull them out, you pull them out, put it together, and you slice it again. You see more imperfections. You pull them out, you pull them out, you pull them out. And that's getting that clay more and more refined. Getting it to the point now that you can shape it and mold it. That's what God does to us. Those pieces of, 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 of shards of rock that I'd be pulling out, those are the things in our lives that God is pulling out as he molds us. He takes the imperfections in our lives and he pulls it out of us. Sometimes it can be a little bit, you know, testy and not too savory the way it's done, but God's pulling those imperfections out, okay? And then after he gets you and he, and he shapes you, you know, into that beautiful vessel, that pot that he's going to pour out his Holy Spirit into, but before he can do that, he's got to really make that clay solid. Makes it, makes it so it's lasting. So what do you do? You, you take that pot and you put it in the kiln. Put it in the kiln where it heats up. And there's the fire in the heat. That kiln is oftentimes the fire of life for us. Where God is molding us, putting us through the fire to make us to be, be truly strong. How do you make, make iron strong? It goes through the fire. So it is in our lives. We have to go through the fire many times, okay? But even having that little tidbit of spiritual knowledge and understanding that I just talked about will go a long way to you understanding what might be happening in your life, why things might be happening in your life, and looking at what is yet to come. Because because of that, and you keep looking and thinking in that direction with that spiritual knowledge, your heart becomes moldable and shapeable because, shapeable because you're surrendering to God and you're saying, Lord, you're the potter and I'm the clay. Shape me, mold me, make me the way you want me to be so that I may be a vessel that is sound and enough so that when you pour out blessings, it doesn't leak through. Put me through the fire so that I may be a hardened, prepared vessel for you so I may be worthy. Amen? Amen? Keep your heart soft and you will truly understand and see. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. Now before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.